Hey, he's Jake, and I'm Matt. And welcome to Pat's Chat, the UK's best New England Patriots podcast. Welcome to another episode of Patch Chat. It's myself, Matt, and I am joined by Jake. How's it going, Jake? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. How is uh, life in jolly old Scotland? Yeah, not too bad. Just having a bit of a giggle and a jolly before we started recording, weren't we? Uh, mm. YouTube black holes was the subject of conversation. Uh, apparently, you get lost lost in them very, very quickly, which I didn't realise Uh Metal Trump was what I was watching <laughs> before I started singing Smash Mouth. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm going to go watch those uh, Smash Mouth things. Um, but yeah, we're not here to talk about YouTube and that. We're here to talk about Patriots, as always. Um, sorry, guys, about last week. We were just, I had a super busy time between work and family stuff and that, and you were just completely snowed under with work, weren't you, Jake? So mm, yeah. apologies for not getting our preview out. Um, I did do my preview article for NFL Scotland. I actually predicted we'd win, even though in the pick contest I hedged my bets and went with the Ravens, um, which a lot of people thought we were going to come out with a loss uh, after last night. But woohoo, we won. Or exactly. Potentially, I don't want to speak too soon. Uh, back in the playoff picture, possibly. Do you think? I'm not going to jump to that just yet. Personally, I'm just going to because it, I mean, watching it, what seeing that we'd won just felt a bit like, hmm. I'm a Manchester United supporter, and I'm very used to at this point since uh, Ferguson left the winding, twisting road that is Manchester United Football Club of, you know, one good result, bad result the next week, you know, I don't know, we could smash Juventus 3-0 and then get battered by Swindon. Um, So I'm kind of, you know, they've made me a little bit of a pessimist, I suppose, in in that respect. And I'm just going to kind of wait and see. I'm not going to I'm not going to get too excited and I'm not going to get too uh, caught up in, in what was a, a very good win. Um, I'm just going to say, yeah, yeah, let's, let's see how this develops. Mm-hmm. We've still got a really, really um, quite a, a tough schedule ahead, which, you know, none of those games are going to be easy apart from the Jets. Um, so, you know, we're just going to, you know, I'm just going to take every game as it comes because I, I, it's just too hard to call it at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would wholeheartedly agree and concur with that and just as you mentioned um, I was just looking at our schedule over the next while up until the new year when we play the Jets last so um, I mean we've got the Texans Cardinals, Chargers, Rams Dolphins, Bills and finish with the Jets I mean the way things have been going, you could possibly say the the Texans. Uh, you'd chalk up a win there. You want ideally out of all that, you want to get into the Bills game 
and pretty much be neck and neck, don't you? That's yeah. where you want it to be. Or at least, yeah, you want it to be a game a game back or neck and neck because if you beat the Bills and then you would think you then beat the Jets in the last day, you could be talking about topping the, the group, um, the division. Um, but, yeah. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. I think I think you're right. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Let's concentrate on last night. Let's enjoy the win. Exactly. Let's enjoy the wind and the rain. <laughs> <laughs> that was mental. That weather last night. Like I've I've had that sort of weather in Aberdeen recently. Um, even though it was classed as summer, only a few short weeks and month or so ago, and we had flash flooding and cars were floating about in the middle of the street and things and I wouldn't be tucked up cosy and the coziest possible pair of pyjamas possible with about three blankets, a fire on with s'mores in my living room (laughs) watching the NFL on a Sunday night but yet those guys and the officials as well actually I mean it's bad enough having to play in it probably but at least you're running around and you're being warm the officials are just standing there they were mm. getting soaked i felt so sorry for them <laughs> yeah me me too having played in snow and rain um yeah it's not great because you're wearing so much stuff as well that it just weighs you down mm. so you then say i mean you you already so i mean obviously in, in england we don't have like the greatest pitches we'd be playing on a rugby pitch so you you've got that factor as well. You're, you're slipping and sliding everywhere. Um, but I mean, for those guys, I'd still feel sluggish and, you know, just slow. Like you're running through sort of like treacle or something. It's, it's, it's not great. And then, yeah, the cold on top of it. It's just, um, yeah, I was, you know, you're a professional football player, but at the same time, it's, you would rather be at home in bed. Than yeah. That. <laughs> It definitely did help, um, I feel, towards the end. I mean, I think we went through pretty It got much... heavier as it went on as well. So yeah, like it, that it last definitely quarter helped. just got horrendous. So I think we went through, I think I time-stamped it with maybe about eight minutes left in the third, if I remember rightly, that we got our second only punt of the game. And the first one came after our first um, drive. Um, if I remember rightly, it came off our first drive and then they obviously went up the field, was it 75 yards and scored uh, mm. the the touchdown. And so, yeah, you've gone from first quarter all the way through until the third quarter and then it became so bad. I think we had what, three or four punts almost yeah. uh, consecutively back to back. Um, to end the game and then the turnover of downs at the very end. But yeah, that, I think because we had that big lead towards the end that was obviously was forcing issue. Lamar to throw. I, mean, I could even see his receivers <laughs> to throw. I was watching it. I couldn't see it. I was like, this is just like static goal. It was grain. just mental. Absolutely mental. Uh, I remember when I was little and used to play football, I soccer, whatever you want to call it. Um, days like that, you were a little hardy eight, ten-year-old, whatever age I was, that 
you know, your mum's looking outside going, really, Matthew, do you actually want to play today? I'm like, yeah, mum, of course. But it was so cold, um, as probably they were. Uh, I can't remember who it was, one of my football coaches or someone, because I used to play goalkeeper, that I was definitely getting cold because I, I was just standing around a lot of the time, told me a little trick was to actually use a black bag, like a yeah. bin bag, and put it underneath my shirt because then that sort of wind didn't affect you the same it was a genius yeah. idea because it actually worked it you imagine was, professionals doing that <laughs> it was like a total windbreaker underneath um underneath your your goalie clothes and that but you know they're obviously not doing that they're i mean i think um it wasn't the same wind and rain rightly enough but in green bay where what was it like zero degrees or whatever it was. I was watching an NFL game day before the game started and they showed uh, Green Bay and Josh Allen for the Jags was walking around shirtless doing his warm-ups in like, zero degrees. No. Like, no, not for me. Not nope. for me. No, thank you. <laughs> not at all. Atrocious. But yeah, um, the weather to me that played a huge part towards the end, in my opinion. That we'd got that lead that was forcing yeah. them to throw, they just couldn't. Whether you know the, the ball would be wet coming out and slippy coming out, it's difficult to catch. I think Mark Andrews did manage one catch, which I was quite impressed by, to be able to catch it in that sort of yeah. um, conditions. But generally speaking, that completely then nullified the run game, which they're obviously renowned for. And yeah, they were they were getting some runs on us earlier. I think Gus Edwards had two or three good ones, but once that score had been totted up a little bit and they as I say, they were forced to throw to try and get down the field quickly, then it played in our hands, thankfully enough. Yeah, definitely. And I mean I think they alluded to it on the commentary about, you know, the gloves and some gloves get better or worse in, in the wet. I mean, I, I don't agree. Gloves just get worse in the wet. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's already like if you try and catch, like it, especially in weather like that, if you try to catch a ball, it's like trying to catch a bar of soap. Mm. Like if I threw wet soap at you and your hands are already like pretty wet, it just pops out. And yeah. you end up looking like a an absolute numpty, like, oh, you you can't get... I mean, I've played in rain so much, thanks to British weather, that, you know, like, the, it, in British American football, if, if your offense can run the ball, which isn't that hard in the grand scheme of things, it's a handoff. That's pretty much all British American football offenses do. They run the ball. <laughs> and then maybe occasionally they throw the ball, but mainly it's running and just running, running, because, you know, it's, it's so much easier. You you don't have to really factor too much into it. So it was, um, it's been a while since I've seen, you know, people sort of on mass taking their gloves off and just going, this is not working. And, you know, there were quite a few players on, on both sides who just went barehanded, which was, um, yeah, it was a bit of a throwback for me watching that. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I feel you. I feel your pain. The towel's not going to do anything. No, not at all. Not when the, excuse me not when the actual towel is soaked through as well that's uh i can't remember who it was i was um saying to i think it was last week that that weather was actually my last game of soccer to watch mm. before all this lockdown and covid hit 
well, what my second to last one actually um, was just along the road from me watching um, the local team, and it was a night like that, or a, an afternoon, a Saturday afternoon like that, and it was within about fifteen minutes of the game kicked off at about quarter past three. I could feel it in my my socks already. Oh yeah, that's the worst. And then by about half past three, I could feel that my boxers and that had got wet as well, and just like. <sighs> Well, I'm wet now. I might as well just watch the game. Yeah. 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 Oh, it was horrible. So, yeah. The, but again, playing in that, full full respect to them for for doing it, and full respect <laughs> to the the officials for um, playing on with it. I mean, I think if if we had that kind of weather, it would probably be called off. The referee would. Just, yeah, yeah. They would just grab the ball and go. Nope, that's it. Game over. <laughs> Get inside. <laughs> I think it was the first game, like after I'd graduated, I went back to watch the team play, um, my uni- university team, shout out, Essex Blades. Um, and it was it was very similar weather, where I pretty much was just like, all right, have fun, guys, I'm going home. This is a, like, I'm, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. not wearing, I wasn't wearing studded footwear or anything, so I was just wearing normal trainers. And you have to walk all out into the middle of the field and you have to try and walk back. And you're like, oh, I'm going to get all this mud in the car. Yeah, playing in it is not fun. Um, snow is the worst because the ball gets kind of like hard mm. and um, it hurts. Like, because your hands are like the, all the, you've got to remember that all the gloves are really, really thin so that you can feel the ball. And yeah. all your boots are really, really thin as well so that you can feel the, like the floor and the turf. And so your feet, get really really cold really really fast even though you're running and then when you try and catch it um yeah it really really stings um one of the worst parts was like at the time when it snowed we'd just changed quarterback and so i wasn't used to how this new guy threw and he had like a howitzer for like a right arm like this thing was a cannon and like our previous quarterback he like he he was very accurate but he didn't have like a lot of strength in it so he's kind of you know like oh yeah cool caught that and sort of run off with it new guy came in and i pretty much like snapped a tendon in my finger because i just i wasn't bracing for it and that multiplied with the cold i was i was not yeah it was a lot of tears it was a lot of tears i'm, I'm man enough that i could admit that i was not I was not happy, Bunny. <laughs> I had to go home and sit in the shower for like forty-five minutes after that training, just to warm myself back up. Oh, I hate when you've got to do that. Yeah. 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 But one thing I did notice last night, and it's it's not really it's Patriots related, but not at the same time. Is we've obviously got an artificial surface at Gillette, yeah, and the jets have got this new artificial surface and even in dry weather they've been slipping around so that might be uh you know it, it just shows the difference of the quality i guess is my point that mm. they they that sort of weather and you can still run around and not feel like you're going to be you know run around on ice effectively whereas in the jets one last week watching that or just that was even the officials were all over the place but I know yeah. they've not got studded footwear on, uh, probably not I'd imagine but you know there was, it was one thing I forgot to mention that last week actually that was on my mind was I think it was our last it was, was it the last drive for the field goal for Nick Falk that Cam slipped, recovered the ball and there was a, 
a flag on the play. We got it again, and pretty much the exact same thing happened a second time in the in the next play. And it's the same area. I've noticed that watching the Jets um, this year. It seems to be the same area of the, the field every single time. So I'm sure Sam Darnold was when he actually can throw sometimes. Um, <laughs> I think it was against the okay. 49ers um, game that he slipped over when he was trying to, you know, they were doing an RPO of some description. And it just made me think back to that, watching that last night, that, you know, the weather was so bad, but they were still able to keep their foot in, which is testament to the, the turf that they've got or artificial surface that they've got there. Yeah, I wonder if it comes down to manufacturer, to be honest. Mm. Um, Apparently there's a big hoo-ha about the, the MetLife one because they basically rushed it through. And Yeah. But uh, there's a rumour that there's a potential backhand just to say, right, the surface is ready, you know, so they could get the season started. I don't know how, as I say, it's a, a rumour that's allegedly, something's allegedly taking place. But mm. yeah. Surprising, uh, really, at that level that that would happen. I mean, yeah, like for, and especially because because they've got those little um, like rubber, what are they called, like pebbles or whatever. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've played on those the in, bits that everyone hates rain. getting in their feet, and you get it at home, yeah. and, and you've got it all over the the kitchen yeah, floor it feels or like something. Yeah, <laughs> your loft or something. With yeah. styrofoam. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just surprised that there is that much slippage, really, and and how they haven't sort of. I mean, look, I'm not a turf expert by any means. I'm just surprised that they haven't kind of maybe taken a section out or whatever, but clearly that doesn't work. Otherwise, they more than likely would have done it. Mm. It's just, just uh, it's a bit of an anomaly. Yeah, as I say, it just made me think about it when I was uh, when I saw that last night. But the actual um, play itself and, uh, you know, what did you think of the, the overall game then? Um, yeah, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised because I think we've said for a couple of weeks here and there, you know, like we looked out of sorts, looked sluggish, blah, blah, blah. Didn't really kind of, I mean, you know, if if you took Cam out of center or if you just ignored Cam, to me, that felt like a Brady offense. That felt like a Brady game. Like there wasn't, people weren't wondering what they should be doing. People weren't, you know, kind of, running all over the place and doing kind of crazy that to me would have been the exact same game you know maybe apart from some cam um some cam runs some cam bulldozing that wasn't a million miles away from something we would have seen last year it was um just kind of weird to watch it if i'm honest i don't think that they've looked that good all season even when we played you know like the seahawks um we played the dolphins at the beginning it didn't feel that sort of well-oiled, machined, patent-pending, patent-pending, TM, you know, New England copyright. That felt like a really well-designed, you know, they knew what they were doing, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was just kind of sat there and like, oh, this is what I've been missing. And it was, it was really, it was really nice. I mean, um, yeah, it was, I think they've worked out the formula. You know, I think they said it on, on the, um, commentary but i think they've kind of gone yeah yeah actually this is how we do it 
and I think the Ravens turned into a, quite a good foil for that thought process and kind of almost a litmus test. And um, yeah, I mean, fair enough. I think, yeah, let, let me leave it at that for the time being, and we'll kind of expand on that. Um, what, are your, <laughs> what are your thoughts? No, there's there's more there's more I, I could go into. But I just um, I'm a and when I was looking at it in the preview last week um, for for my article for NFL Scotland, then, you know, I said something similar that they've, they'll have used last year's game as a sort of, right, this is what they'll probably do. Because that, it's something I tend to find with the Ravens is they don't, they're not like a chameleon team as such. They don't, you know, like I remember us sitting here a few weeks back and like, right, we've had, we've had the running game, Patriots, uh, when we've had the passing game, we've had a sort mm-hmm. of mixture of the both of them, and then we fell off the, the wagon, um, off a cliff and went through that losing streak, that we managed to fix last week, but even then, you know, you could see that there were things that were trying to iron out and stuff. But for me, the Ravens are just, they're pretty much one-dimensional. They, they run the ball, they run the ball, they run the ball. Oh, yeah, they run the <laughs> ball. <laughs> it's my big yeah. gripe. It's, and I know I'm not the only one that says this, but it's my, my biggest gripe about Lamar Jackson is, to me, I, I just... I don't find him anything more than a glorified running back. He he falters in all the big games. Um, I just think he's being found out very, very quickly. Um, I would agree. I well, kind of get Michael Vick vibes to an extent. I think, I don't know if Vick necessarily offered more, but it is something similar where you know that he's going to run with the ball. Like <laughs> and, the, the quarterbacks in the league just now, this new breed that we should be getting that's this sort of, almost run first through later type. I mean, I was watching, mainly watching um, Red Zone all night until our game. But for me, I just find that Kyler Murray is better to watch. He's better. He's just, Lamar Jackson is fast becoming a poor man's Kyler Murray. Um, Which is funny when you consider like last season. But it, it goes to show people adapt those defenses, and you put enough, you know, game film up, people know what to look for, um, mm. and they know how to contain you. They'll look at what everyone else did to contain you in previous. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I would agree. Ky- Kyler is. I remember when he was, you know, touted as the number one draft prospect before he got drafted, and they were like, "Well, you know, is he going to declare for b- baseball? Is he going to declare for the NFL?" and because the main thing that went against Kyler was his height. Because it was he's like five six, five eight or something. He's not six foot. Yeah, pretty he's short five dude. Five nine, five ten, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So he's a short dude, and um, someone I can't remember who it was, but they were like, "Nah, nah, nah. He's going to be great. Like you just got to give him some time. Like he'll be the new prototypical quarterback. Where actually mm. it doesn't matter if he can't see over there is his offensive line. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're, we're seeing it. I mean, I didn't. I can't say I was a believer. I didn't really have a, you know, I didn't care to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's quite interesting that you say that because I was, I was thinking that as I was watching the game as well. Like I wasn't, 
I wasn't really that. I didn't necessarily think, especially when, you know, as you said, with the weather getting worse, because obviously it got worse and worse. When it came to their last drive, I mean, I could barely see what was going on. I wasn't, as soon as it was kind of apparent that they can't, like, throw the ball, (laughs) I was like, okay, well, what are you going to do then? Because we're, like, they've been stopping you for most of the night. So unless you suddenly pull out a Hail Mary and sort of do um, what the Cardinals did to the Bills, then it's it's just it's, it's not really a big deal to me. Mm. I mean, it was he, he did throw for um, two hundred and forty nine yards um, and got two touchdowns to Willie Sneed, but just even then, it wasn't like, a glowing performance. I wouldn't it, say it, it was like classic. It still wasn't like you know I've. I've saw other quarterbacks throw for less, like 211 yards or something, and thought they had a good game. You know, they, they it, came, it comes down to more about the game management and things. But with Jackson and the Ravens this year, especially, they're, I mean, the the Colts almost had them last week. They had to run up a score in the first half and then just couldn't convert in the second half, and it was almost as though they'd found a blueprint and then somehow, like, I'm kind of contradicting myself slightly, but, you know, um, the Ravens managed to pull a rabbit out of a hat, basically, and scrape a win. It wasn't through... It didn't seem to be through design and by play as such. But last night especially, like, as as I said earlier, you know, once we had run up uh, a bit of a score and were, or were we thirteen points up at one stage, um, yeah. then I thought that as the weather worsened, we were they were found out in there. I wasn't that you know worried as such. Just sat there and going, yeah, I think we've got them here, and. You know, each as each drive went on, and they they were forced to to punt it back our way. I thought, yep, that's another one down. It's another one down, and then mm. there was a turnover at the end, and that was it. It was game over. But I mean, as I say, he did throw for two hundred forty nine from uh, twenty four receptions out of his thirty four that he did try, two touchdowns, um, and the interception, which I think has been missed by a lot of people. It was something I was going to bring up with you that everyone's obviously we're going to get to it in a second because we I I think we should claim that we started this hype train um, was the obvious performance from a certain running back last night Ooh. and uh, Jacoby Myers had a, another decent game. Mini Zeke ripping it up again. But it seems to have been missed that that was what his fifth interception in five games I think it was. Like we got a player. We've and even, got a player. even for as much of a poor game that he, he had last week, he still managed his interception. And with Gilmore being out, they seem to be trying to target him for some reason. Like, I don't know why you would, because um, he's he's shown what he can do, but they seem to be trying to target him. And he's risen to the occasion. It wasn't just, yeah, it, for me, that one wasn't just a poor throw by Jackson. Um, that was excellent play by uh, ah, yeah, the, the throw from JC, yeah, the throw from Lamar Jackson. Sorry, it was a great play by JC Jackson that he kept 
Hollywood on the outside. He was mm. like, right, if you're going to beat me and you're going to catch the ball, then fair play to you. You know, you've outdone me this time. But he kept him on the outside, kept him to the, the touchline as much as possible. Uh, any sort of glint or hint of the inside throw, it was his. And that's what happened. I thought, brilliant. Yeah. And that's not just some any journeyman receiver either, which I think says a lot, you know. Yeah, it wasn't just, uh, you know, the Hollywood Browns known for having his pace and a bit of, you know, he can get away from you and get a bit of separation, but there was no set through that play especially. There was no separation whatsoever. And he he caught the, you know, caught the pass perfectly. He, he got the inside edge and that was it. There was there was nothing that Brown could do about it. It was it was interception intercepted and it was gone. And yeah, I just uh, I thought it was all missed a little bit from what I've saw on uh, Twitter in the aftermath of last night. Yeah, and I mean just going back very quickly to um what you were saying about um Lamar. Um uh, was it last year, <clears throat> last year going into this year there was all this sort of you know comparison and conversation you know hear more Patrick Mahomes hear more Patrick Mahomes hear more Patrick Mahomes you know today on Monday the 16th of November Matt <laughs> I, I think it's quite clear that you'd take Patrick Mahomes so I kind yeah. of think that there's like a close you know uh, it, you know I think if you, if you put Patrick Mahomes in that situation I would have been a lot more worried than I was yeah. last night, uh, you know, than than with Lamar. And, and that's the, that's not to say I, I'm, you know, I don't want it to come off like I hate Lamar. And I actually quite like Lamar. I think he's got, he's a good guy, and you know, I, I like his game. But it just seems to have tapered off a little bit. And you know, it is what it is. It's the National Football League, and you're going to get found out at some point. So, you know, maybe he pivots, maybe he changes things up, and you know. I think the Ravens as a whole probably need to kind of, you know, they're a bit hit on the injury front now, right, as well. So it's probably not helping them and what they want to do and everything else. So, um, yeah, long story short, I just think the, the Ravens need to kind of maybe just check their game plan and maybe think of something a bit different because I suspect they'll get found out if they just keep to what they've been doing so far for the rest of the season, they're not going to fly as high as they probably thought they would at the beginning of 2020. Mm. I mean, I think it was mentioned in commentary that the Ravens seemed to, they must have looked at film or some description and saw that, and they were trying to target on Wenu on the outside rather than take him on in the inside. And, but then they seemed to get away from that game plan as well. And I was like, well, you had a little bit of success there and then it's worked. It's not working for you anymore because you've no. gone away from that. And again, I just, I don't know. I just think they're the same as you. They're being found out now. And for me, they're not nowhere near Super Bowl contenders in the, the AFC. Now it's, as it stands, it's probably between the Steelers and uh, the Chiefs. Uh, Ravens are third at best and even then I can see them actually dropping further down the list depending if the, the Bills can pick themselves up and um, clinch the division uh, from us or from the, the Dolphins and um, yeah I'm just not seeing 
seen them going to the big dance. But I said this last year. It's not. Um, I was. I've never been the biggest uh, Lamar Jackson fan, and then I come in at the start of this year, and I thought, well, he's you know he's improved a bit. He's becoming more of a pocket passer type of person, and um, but it's just. I don't know. It's just not coming to fruition. And but I was saying this last year that um, he's. I would be very, very surprised if he lasts until his thirtieth birthday in the in the league, because he's. This is the problem with those dual threat quarterbacks. Like you're going to get slammed hard. Well, this is the thing. Like there's, and I don't think he's that big either. And there was one play with Cam Newton. And you think slide, 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 but he goes full shoulder, shoulder first. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. The and you're like, oh yeah. And it was mentioned in, uh, I think Chris Collinsworth mentioned it in commentary as well that he's like, you forget how much of a big dude he actually is. He is a huge, huge man. Yeah. Um, broad-shouldered guy, and he was happy to take on that hit. But with legit, there was what there was one play I can't remember who it was, and he, Lamar Jackson went down. I think it was maybe Devin McCourty that tackled him, and I thought, oh, hold on a second, like that's a that's a sort of a hint that all is not well. Like he seemed to be, I don't know, it seemed to be that he's. His knee maybe went slightly or something like that. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I just thought, hmm, the the wear and tear that he's going to go through because of the the sort of almost as I say, run first attitude to is what I see from him rather than uh, pass first is what you should be as a, a quarterback in my opinion. That yeah, I just don't see him lasting past his his thirtieth birthday in the league because he's. I mean, we saw we saw it with the the guy that's under centre with us. He's just mm. hit thirty now, and they were pretty much writing him off that he was he was done because of the the injuries and the style of play that he does. But he thinks he can take it because he's a big guy. But I, I just don't see that from Lamar at all. I think he's a he's a lot slighter man, and yeah, and I, I I think the Ravens will have to move on. Maybe even within five years. Who knows? Jesus, <laughs> but no, agreed. And and speaking of of the the man himself, Cam, I think um, I'm quietly getting more confident that they're going to keep him. I just think mm. it, it it makes too much sense. It's, yeah. it's becoming more and more like stupider to not keep him in the building. <laughs> the the more it goes on, I mean, mm. I I think. It just seemed, like I said, you know, I alluded to it earlier. It just seemed that people knew what they were doing. No one seemed kind of, you know, all the bright lights and the rain's coming down. People just kind of went in and did what they needed to do. And um, it just seemed like he was in control of of what was going on. And I was, yeah, I was was impressed. You know, that's probably the best performance for me so far this season, I think. He was definitely more accomplished than he, um, and we've seen it over the past few weeks that it's definitely sort of coming together, as you mentioned earlier, the sort of cohesiveness between the offense, Mm. um, 
is coming together. We're getting a more settled offensive line, which I think is helping quite a lot. Oh hell yeah, that's a um, very good line now. The the more it's it really seems to be taking shape. Isaiah Wen especially is really yeah. showing his his class now. And Wen is, you know, he's playing out at right tackle where he's not the most comfortable, but he's he's doing a job. He's doing really really well. Um, in the most part, he might have had a couple of slips last night, but you know nothing major that warranted. You know we didn't throw away the game because of it or anything. But the offensive line is getting more cohesive and uh, more settled, less injury prone than what we have been in in weeks at the start of the season. I think that's helping calm a lot as well. Yeah, it, it is. It helps when you can trust your offensive line to obviously just give you those extra precious few seconds to, you know, hand the ball off or throw it. Um, I mean, look, in my opinion, I just think there's pieces, there's definitely pieces in this team. And, you know, maybe we're kind of, you know, or maybe me, maybe not so much you, but maybe I'm kind of, you know, depending on if we win or lose, I'm, I'm kind of swaying that way as well. But it just seems to be that things are kind of falling into place a little bit. And in my opinion, I just think there's pieces all over the the team, regardless of if, you know, they've been kind of naff here and there. But, you know, you look at Winovich, you look at, um, as you said, um, you know, you've got Cam, you've got Damian Harris, you've you've got some pieces in there for sure. It's not like this is a completely talentless team that, you know, maybe the media is, is sort of portraying or was portraying up until till now. I mean, we've got Thuni, um, Andrews, Mason, like there's, there's some good dudes in there. So, you know, maybe it's a case of us just building on, on this win and, and kind of progressing forward and sort of seeing how, how it develops. I mean, good grief, Rex Burkhead, like Rex Burkhead looks like a new man. As far as I'm <laughs> concerned, I'm like, this is the same guy that I wanted. Kind of, I was like, Oh, I'm really indifferent about you. And, you know, that catch from, I mean, the the throw was crazy, but yeah. the catch from Burkhead as well. I, I, I thought I was watching. I, I don't know Amendola. I, I don't know. It was a it was a very strange moment. <laughs> it was a perfect a perfect throw. Oh um, my for him. It was uh, it was funny that he's come out in the post game press conferences and him saying, "Yeah, I've, I've still got it a little bit." <laughs> Yeah, fair play to it. And we seem to like doing that kind of trick play on the Ravens as well, going back to, uh, what was it? Uh, it was Edelman, Edelman Amendola all those years ago, yeah. That was, I was I was at university and I was so hyped. And I went and, uh, Both own. undrafted guys as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, credit where it's due. That was a hell of a, a, hell of a play call and a hell of a execution on it. And so, so I'm going to jump in kind of back to, defensive mm. position a little bit um, before we get to the, the main man, uh, the man of the hour, shall we say, um, <laughs> is Kyle Duggar. He had a phenomenal game. And to think that he came from a Division Two school yeah. with no preseason, no nothing, just here's a book, my man, have at it. You know, we all, th- and we, we all sat there. We all thought, what? <laughs> who <laughs> and he's he's a stalwart in that defense already like he was um marking a man that was bigger stronger 
everything in in Mark Andrews better than himself, but he didn't shirk from the responsibility. He took it head on, and he's he's got some speed on him. And he's got power for the size of him, and he just he's just a downhill chaser. It's yeah. it's brilliant to watch him. That you know, it's the it's exactly why I like linebackers and and edge rushers as my favourite players and of all through the whole um, roster in general is because they downhill and they rush at either linemen or sack quarterbacks and stuff. But he, he was, yeah, he, I've, I've got... He like Jadavian Clowney to me. It's like, very Clowney entertaining to watch safety. him. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> it's very entertaining <laughs> to watch him. And yeah. yeah. I, he, um, yeah, he impressed me as well. I thought he... Yeah, I mean, second rounder? Damn. People must be sort of like, how did we let that... What? You know... Everyone thought it was a, a stretch because he's, you know, as I mentioned, he's from a Division Two school. It's not anywhere near the programme of the SEC or the Pac-12 or, you know, the ACC or whatever. Like, it's just complete... It's a different ball game entirely. Yeah, it's like the difference between amateur and professional soccer sort of thing is that big a, a leap mm. um, I think as far as I'm aware I'm not a, a totally up in my college football and but from what I've read that's the sort of leap you're taking from playing for Rushton and Diamonds and now you've been selected for Liverpool and you're thrusting at left back or something then uh, you know it's that mean, sort of big that- leap it's that mantra of if they're good enough, they can play, and he's definitely good enough. But uh, at this year of all hurry. years, to not have the preseason and stuff, and to come in and shine like he has done is, yeah, fair play to the guy. Like, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, like I said, I think there's there's just, you know, what could I turn around and say the defense, the defense is is brilliant, and I'm super happy with them. No. But at the same time, there's definitely players in there that you're like, mm. yeah, like I, I want to see what you do next year if, you know, there's X, Y, Z around you or, you know, Gilmore's back or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's definitely reason to to be optimistic, I think. Mm, definitely. There's, there are bits all over the place and it's, and I was actually speaking to my, my mate about this last night when we were watching the games and, um, the you know I think I mentioned it last week on the pod as well. It's when you when you get drafted by a team. Generally speaking, you you know you're getting drafted by poor teams, and you're the good player that makes that team better. But when you get drafted by a team like the Patriots, and you've got bits and pieces all over that, have, whether it's veterans like James White and Rex Barkhead and Calm himself, or Hightower, if he was playing this year, or the McCourty twins, you're then coming into this, and they just make you better. They, yeah. you're you're a good player, but then they, you know, the the rough diamond, so to speak, becomes a shiny new toy, and he's and Duggar's definitely one. But there's there's bits all over this team, and if we can get through. You know, if we if we come out the other end with a, a five hundred record for the year, I think that would be happy enough. Um, and then 
take it from there for for next year. But it'll be exciting to see. I think I'm I'm with you um, on calm to circle back again um, with calm. Then I'm with you that I think they will keep him, and then there's build around that potentially we'll get the shiny wide receiver that we all, we're all, we've all been <laughs> waiting for um, get that, that Antonio Brown trade time. yeah well, <laughs> but if, if he's going to go smashing up security cameras I don't, I don't want him <laughs> same old same old yeah exactly but I'm going to sit back for I don't know how long um, I'm going to let you pick up your, your crayons and wax lyrical about the man himself. <laughs> Who can? No, uh, about Damien Harris. I was, uh, yeah, that was mini Zeke tearing it up as per usual. Wasn't surprised. It was just, all, the only thing I was thinking about was why haven't I bought a jersey yet? Why haven't I bought his jersey? <laughs> No, it's phenomenal. I mean, I think he, he, you know, I think the the NFL is quite a unique prospect as a sport. I mean, if you look at something like the NBA or um, even you know soccer, football, or something, your value as a player is kind of dependent on you know what the team did to get you there in the first place. You know, if you look at Ronaldo, Ronaldo costs I don't know if if Manchester United wanted to bring Ronaldo back, it's going to cost them forty million pounds or however much mm-hmm. and then his wage then kind of demands that he probably plays you know x amount of you know minutes per per season because obviously you've paid so much money for him you're not going to just suddenly put i don't know mason greenwood in over you know a, a youth player someone who's you know barely been capped by england and isn't in the grand scheme of things you know a world-renowned player, you're just not going to do that. You're going to keep playing Ronaldo and hope he doesn't get injured. And it's the same with the NBA and other sort of um, big sports. But when it comes to like the uh, NFL, it kind of doesn't really matter. They don't care. So, you know, us having Sonny Michel and, you know, we drafted him very high. Um, he, you know, that rookie season, we go to a Super Bowl with him, you know, running and pounding the ball down people's throats. And it was awesome. And second season wasn't, amazing um and then yeah you get to the third season he's injured and uh you know basically i really think damon harris has just secured himself as rb1 frankly because you know he seems to just find gaps run through them which i'm not entirely convinced sony does all that well and consistently and the thing with damien is is that if he can't find the gap he's going to make a gap and then he'll run through that gap. Um, so yeah, like he's, he's made me quite excited. I mean, I don't usually really care about running backs. Um, it's maybe the wide receiver in me that is always a bit angry about them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it was another great, great um, sort of display from him. I think him and, and Rex seem to work quite well in their little tandem of kind of you know swapping in and out. Um, he's kind of like Blunt to me, like Garrett Blunt just better like a lot better he's a lot shorter he's a bit more stouter but you know it's just that brute force of and that threat as well which i think does a lot for our running game when you consider we're we're not one-dimensional we are fairly one-dimensional just having him as the um 
as that guy to just come and start pounding the ball down people's throats and bring that physicality, I don't think you can put a price on that, frankly. End of um, waxing lyrical. <laughs> there's, there's nothing I disagree with there. And there's something that I was thinking about earlier and I thought, I wonder what your opinion is on this. And I wonder if we're starting to see a shift potentially to running backs, especially for the New England Patriots becoming fantasy relevant. And in that, I mean that we're from possibly for the rest of this year and looking forward, if Harris works the way we all think he it probably will, um, do, do they now shift away from this sort of three, four headed yeah, running, running back, back committee? Yeah. That, you know, you'll, you'll get 50 yards, you'll get 50 yards, and we'll share out the pie and we all have dip our fingers in and all that jazz. They just go, actually, Damien, here you go. Here's the bell. You're our three down back now. Now and again, we'll take you out though because. You know, we don't want to run you into the ground like some teams do in their running backs. Um, we'll stick in Burkhead, or if he's not around next season, it might be James White or some somebody that somebody else completely they pick up in free agency or or something um, to give you a bit of a rest. But otherwise, we'll we'll keep James White around. He can be a situational back because I noticed it last night that he it was maybe just the game. And it might change next week as the the game plan does seem to morph depending on the team. But I just wondered if this with James White now getting on a bit as well that they go. I can't remember what the situation was. It was maybe like third and six, third and seven, or something like that. And and Cam just did that little dink through over the top of the both lines to James White, and he. It was a good play. He managed to pick up the yardage and get the first down. But I just thought, you know, that sort of situational back might be his new role. He's not, they've sort of, at least for now, as I say, got this thing with, as you mentioned, Damien Harris and Rex Burkhead doing this sort of in and out. You Mm. do a couple of of, uh, drives, you do a couple of drives and it's not, it's not anywhere near what they were doing with Sony before. And I think it, I, I could almost discount Sony at this point. As you say, it doesn't matter. Um, in soccer, you've got like the star man, whether that's Kevin De Bruyne on your team or Ronaldo or Messi or whoever. In NBA, you get um, the likes of James Harden or someone or LeBron James and they run that five-man team well, 12-man team, whatever it is, but when they're on the court, they all play runs through them. But with this, you're now like, well, let's just run it all through him. But with Sony Michel, they've gone, well, yeah, okay, we used the first round, pick him or whatever. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. He's not actually like what we're looking for now. We'll just shove him out the door. He can go to the Lions or the Falcons or something like that because they're looking for a, a back for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're done with him. We've got Damien Harris now. Next man up. He's he's the one that's working for us. He's actually the one that's running. Doesn't matter what's in front of him. 
it can be a brick wall and he's finding 12 yard gain on it he just seems to be as you say that that sort of runner and I wonder if they will now sort of in fantasy terms make it the position more relevant from a, a Patriots angle if you will hmm it wasn't specifically gone, a fantasy question as such. It's more just, do you think yeah. we've now seen a shift of him becoming that potential three-down three, three down bell back that other teams use instead of this spreading it out across for three or four or five of them? I don't think so. I think Sony will come back. He'll He'll get some snaps as well. And maybe that's kind of it for the rest of the season that, you know, we'll, we'll kind of carry on as is. Sony will kind of fill in that Rex role. But I I don't think, I don't think so. I think they'll either, as you said, bin Sony off and kind of be like, thanks. Thanks for um, Super Bowl 53. That was a good time. Um, And then kind of, they'll bring someone else in, I think. I could imagine them just kind of going, when was it? It was... Um, I think it was two years ago, the Saints had that amazing tandem of Alvin Kamara and Moss's Chops, who's now at the Ravens and played against uh, Ingram. Ingram. And those two had a real, like, I had, uh, yeah, I lost fantasy that year because the guy I played against had both of them by some <laughs> divine miracle. So I didn't stand a chance. Um if I, I suspect it would be something to that effect. If we, mm. if they could go into the draft and potentially either like draft a very high, you know, probably another Bama prospect. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not sure who who in the running back um, sort of category is is available in in the draft next year. But if they drafted another running back who does something similar, but you know, as we've said before, like Sony's issue is that the amount of times when you're like, oh, and that's like he's just kind of ran into that and, you know, been flattened. Um, yeah, I, I still kind of get the feeling that while, while Harris is going to have the ball a lot, there's still going to be other guys in there that would share the load more so than a three back. He's probably like a two, to, uh, a two down back or something. I don't think you're going to see him use like the the Cowboys use Ezekiel Elliott, for example. Mm. Yeah, that's a good example. And maybe it's somewhere in between then. That, yeah, the go with it. That you could be right that you know you you whether it is Burkhead or someone else that they pick up. We're um, not really an eggs in one basket team. Like no. I haven't seen it yet. So until it kind of happens, and I'm just going to assume no. <laughs> yeah, no, but you could be right that sort of Alvin Kamara. Um, Mark Ingram thing that the Saints done. It could be something similar where we've not done that as such. And then, you know, you take in the likes of, um, as I was saying, uh, James White for situational plays or something like that. I mean, if you're looking ahead to next year, uh, Najee Harris is coming out of Alabama. I don't think he drops as far as what we would um, want him to and take in. And also and logistically, that's... it'd be very confusing having two Harrises in the backfield. <laughs> that <laughs> could be a plan. It'd be like almost like having the McCourties in the backfield. <laughs> Keep swapping jerseys. Make them yeah. Um, but no, I don't think. 
I doubt we'll end up getting him. It would be great if we could because he is a good running back from what I've seen of him playing for Alabama. But um, yeah, it could be somewhere in between then. Like I'm not, I was, I was just sort of, it's not my opinion as such. Um, I just got sort of seen, I wonder if, I, if it was some sort of shift was maybe happening. Maybe will that shift is becoming that sort of um, tandem that that you speak of sort of thing. But I was, yeah, I mean, it was hard not to be impressed with him last night, really, was it? Yeah, yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, yeah, so, I mean, unless there's anything else you want to, you wanted to pick up on, uh, I think we've... I think we covered pretty much everything, including the Ravens at this point. I mean, who's your who's your um, shout for MVP so far? So far, it's obviously not Lamar. Um, no, it's definitely not Lamar. I really don't know. Actually, I think I think it's very close at the moment. I. It was Wilson up until about two weeks ago or three (laughs) weeks ago, and he's just throwing receptions, receptions, interceptions, left, right, and center. I think he's done about eight or nine in the last three games, um, which is just not his usual. I don't want to say it, but it could end up being Mahomes. Uh, I really don't want to say it, but I just, what you said earlier on, like, if you're 13 points down in that sort of weather, even though you're not used to that weather as such, you know, they, they mentioned it in commentary, but nothing like like practice in that, you know, they don't, the, the Patriots don't go, oh, it's a bit rainy today. You know, let, let's go back inside and play in our nice, cosy indoor training facility or anything. They, it's like, no, no, get out there. You kick your field goals, Falk. You you throw your balls, Cam. Yeah, this is what we're, this is what we're all about. This is where we gain our advantage, and this is why we are so good at in Gillette because the Boston area had throws up the sort of weather that Southern teams or indoor teams like the Saints and uh, and Cardinals and that can't deal with this kind of nonsense. Or the Cowboys because this is it was the same last year I think it, was, it wasn't as bad weather but um, certainly the the Cowboys when they played us they just they they just weren't used to that weather no. Dak couldn't throw in that weather and Zeke couldn't run in it because they were so used to just calm conditions inside their own stadium or um, if they go other hotter climates around the the country but yeah um, if you had that situation. And it was Mahomes, then you'd be a bit more nervous and squeaky bum time, as uh, Fergie used to say. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I, for me, I think he, he's he's probably one of the front runners, really. Yeah, I think um, Brady might be in in the running. No, we're, we're not allowed to mention that name. That's the swear <laughs> word now. The B word. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I, he, as loath as I, as loath as I am to say it, because I am not a Mahomes fan in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it'd probably be him, consistent mm. as per usual. I think he's got the team around him to to let him do that, and fair play. Like they've 
as as he should. <laughs> He's the quarterback. So yeah. Yeah, it's a shame that I think Adrian Peterson was probably the last one um that wasn't a quarterback to win it. And yeah, there's not really anyone else in that two thousand eleven or something like that, I think it was. I mean McCaffrey possibly Maybe, probably yeah. should have got it last year. I would agree with that. Yeah. Done, but there's it's a bit like you might as well just have a quarterback award then. Yeah, exactly. That's it's it seems a bit pointless. It's it's almost like the Heisman Trophy winner in college, I guess. It always almost always ends up as a, a quarterback as well. They should just have mm. a separate award because yeah, we know it's probably the most um we'll have categories. Important position mm. in, in sport in general. It doesn't matter if it's a if it's you know, American football or not, because they are the pinnacle or pinpoint of everything goes through them. And we've seen even in recent weeks, you know, if Cam has an off game, then we've had an off game in general as a team that you can't score points if, you're, if your quarterback's crap. That We've seen that with other teams and you can't win games. So everything runs through a quarterback as such, but it does kind of seem like, they should just have a separate award and go, right, this is your award and everyone else can, they can get theirs. Or, or if it's sort of like they do for the FIFA team of the year or something like that, you know, they've at least met other people get some sort of met award for their merits. Um, I know Gilmore got defensive player of the year, but, you know, go through quarterback and running back and edge rusher and, strong safety and you know cornerback and things it might be we've maybe just invented something that they should do at the, the hall of fame or something like that yeah no i'd agree i think they need to do it for heisman i know they have like other categories for um well not other categories but you know if you're a receiver there's like a top receiver award which i mm. can't remember the name of it and you know obviously if you're a running back there's a top running back award you know just have a thing called the heisman awards and then distribute it accordingly like oh i was the heisman winner in 2006 for wide receivers and then at least then you it just makes it a bit more interesting as you said maybe it takes away a bit from the prestige of it but you know is it just going to be quarterbacks from now until the year 2400 yeah Yeah. could be Um... yeah you never know, but watch this space, I guess. Exactly, exactly. We're going to make it happen somehow. <laughs> um, well, we've got the, the Texans coming up this week, so that's one to look forward to. Um, but I think we've waxed lyrical about Damien Harris and the rest of the team enough for pulling off, which many people would say is an upset win last night in a windy and rain-soaked Gillette Stadium. Um, you've probably listened to us ramble on enough over the last hour in your ears so we're going to get out of them very shortly but just the, the usual before we go to rate, review and subscribe um, if you want to tell your friends you can tell them word of mouth is as good as any but if you're a social guy you can use Twitter and Instagram to get us on there and tag us in, in posts and in, in your Instagram stories and things. And so if you want to tag us or speak to us um, through the podcast, it's at Pat's Chat UK for both Instagram and Twitter. If you want to speak to us individually, which I know um, maybe they don't like you, Jake, but I know there's a couple of guys, I think Jamie, who uh, that's a regular listener, he's uh, added me on Instagram and 
uh, Twitter late, lately. So if you want to add me and speak to me, it's at Matt Inkster. And for Jake, it's at Jake Paul Design. Well, you you will see his spectacularly blood, sweat, and tears going into various <laughs> Lewis Hamilton things over the last few weeks that Bojo has tweeted out as well. Um, so yeah, that was a weird, want, weird shout <laughs> <laughs> If you want to check out what he does with his daytime stuff and chat some pats with him, it's at Jake Paul Design. Um, but yeah, uh, that's it. Apart from saying check out my preview article later on the week in NFL Scotland and you'll get my review article this week as well, which I can give it a one-up to the guys because they thought I was ridiculous when I said that we would win last night. Um, by I mean, look, in fairness, I didn't think we would. I I was chalking this up as a as a 13-27 type thing. Or, uh, yeah, I didn't think we'd win. Well, fair, I'm fair just a stupid homer with all sorts of hope that sort of <laughs> just consequently and flukily came true last night. I think that's as, as much as, yeah, it wasn't by design, although my argument for the case was as good as any, I guess. But yeah, nflscotland.com, you'll find me writing things on there for them and check out all the other articles in the NFL Scotland podcast because they're a good bunch as well. Um, but that's it for us, folks. So until next time later in the week, you'll hear us, uh, hopefully, work permitting, you'll hear us later in the week for our work. Uh, um, Houston Texans for you. But until then, folks, we'll speak soon. See you later.